Welcome back. Um, while we're waiting for Chewie to join us, uh, we'll go ahead and start with Blood of Zeus. There's Chewie. So we'll go ahead and start with Blood of Zeus. Gerald, I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> um, I may not have to say what you think I would. I honestly don't. I don't honestly have much to say about it. Um, I'll just I'll just go down my uh, I'll just go with my notes. Um, when they go into the fog in the area where the giant's blood spilled and it made it all funky, Chiron probably should have told everybody, "Hey, you're gonna walk into this fog and you're gonna lose sight of each other because it's gonna like because the fog is fucky and kind of alive." Um, you're also going to see random hallucinations that feel real. None of it's real. Keep walking forward. Don't look back. Instead, he just said, keep walking forward. Don't look back. He didn't say anything about the realistic hallucinations. Not a word. So two people died. Um, but I guess, hey, whharever uh, Then Harrison's an assassin to kill Zeus. And I'm sitting here like, well, she was just going to do that, and it nearly succeeded. So I was like, dude, if she was just going to do that, then why did she go and get the – why did she go through all of the stuff to get the jar for the giant souls? And I'm just sitting here like, logic creates weapons of mass destruction. Emotion actually uses them. Uh <laughs> So, um, I don't know. It, it, the biggest things about these last two episodes is I don't like that they made, they still tried to make Zeus like this heroic figure in the end because he's not. <laughs> but, but self sacrifice always wipes the board clean. There's a saying that one good deed cannot make up for a life of evil, and but one evil deed can ruin an entire life of good. But self-sacrifice wipes the entire board clean every time. If you give up your own existence for the sake of someone else, that always wipes the board clean. Can't be mad at him. Um, but so I still don't the wink, right? Yeah, I, I caught the wink. Um, I still don't think he should have been looked up to as like this big hero for it. It's not like he literally turned the tide of the fight or anything. And also, they had the ability to create a jar that could just suck the souls out of the giants. Then why did they need two of the giants to defect? They could have just done that. Why didn't they just do that then? They must have already, because when they defeated the giants, they immediately put their souls in the jar, right? So the jar had already been created. So why didn't they just suck their souls out into the jar and not... It, it, uh. You know the trope, Carol. They have to use every other weapon before they use the nuke. It just uh, It's not a nuke, though. It is literally suck your souls out, put them in a jar. That's all it is. It hurts nothing else. <laughs> and I'm like... Well, it sure as hell hurt the giants. <laughs> actually, it didn't even hurt them. It just sucked their souls out. They they were all peaceful and sleeping and whatnot, but whatever. Um, yeah, so that was stupid. Um, 
oh, and I was wrong about the uh, about Zeus not telling Heron about his anger during the practice. And everybody was just yelling at him to be better. Zeus did tell him to not let his ang- that his that power came from being calm and to turn inward and to not anger. I had missed that part. I went back and I saw it, so I had to amend that. Zeus did actually give him good advice there, so my bad. I have to take... I, I, I'll take the strike off of Zeus for that and take that L, because that did, yeah, he did actually tell him, hey, you need to stay calm and not turn into your anger. That's not where your strength lies. So, um, The Giants themselves were a letdown. Like... The way they were portrayed is literally the only reason the Olympias won was because they had two of the other Giants defect. But we get into an actual battle with the Giants, and it's this long, drawn-out... Like, the only two Giants that actually seemed like an actual threat was the flying one, which when I first saw the flying one in the beginning episode, I was like, what the fuck does that thing do? It looks stupid. <laughs> How is it? And then in this, we get to see what it does. And I was like, oh, that is just horrifying. <laughs> like, it has yep. to die. Um, and then the one that can shoot basically hyper beam out of his mouth like it's Pokemon. Those are the only two dangerous ones. The other one couldn't even fly. I was like, how did the god struggle so much with these things? Like, first off, all of the gods seem to have the ability to fucking fly in some way or another. Ares didn't seem to be able to, but Apollo has a flying chariot. You're telling me he can't put Ares and a couple of other gods fly in there? But as far as I can tell, almost every god has the ability to fly. Why were the giants such a problem? You fly into the air, the flying giant comes after you, you team up, overwhelm it, and kill it. The only other dangerous giant you have to worry about is the one shooting hyper beams out of its mouth. So from the air, you kill it because the other giants can't help it. They can't fly. And then... You just mow them down with artillery once those two were dead. Why were they so dangerous? I, I'm like, why were these guys such a problem? But you're overlooking the primary weapon that they had that was distracting all the gods. The, the that one was... that had the four boobs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. was completely distracted. His aim was off. Poseidon was all wet and shit. Nobody knew Absolutely what to do. Absolutely going to say because Zeus was too busy trying to rape her. Poseidon was too busy trying to rape her. All of the male gods were too busy trying to fuck the four titty chick. And that's why they were losing. <laughs> like, because that's the only thing that makes any sense. Like, I'm thinking also, here, like, the gods of the dragon. Uh-huh. Don't forget the one that was crawling. I think the the one you were talking about with the hyper beams. Uh-huh. He had like he had like quadruples too. Yeah, they they were just. It, I mean, they called them weapons of mass distraction for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm sitting here like I'm sitting here like the Olympians are the dragon. What is the dragon's greatest strength? The fact that it can fly and it has a breath weapon. 
So you have to try to hit it while it's flying around the sky, and it can just scorch the ground of all life. That's its strength. The Olympians are dragons. So why are they crawling around on the ground like they don't have fucking wings? Also, I forgot that in the beginning when they were talking about the war with the Olympians and the dragons, Zeus outright killed one of the giants with his with one of his lightning bolts. Just killed it in one shot. That was when we first saw the wink between him and Hera because he was all flirting with her and shit while he was murdering a giant. And I'm like, well, yep. he couldn't do that like six more times? Like, <laughs> well, you know how it is with us men. We got to recharge for a minute after we blow our load. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, I can't again. They need at least 15 <laughs> seconds and some water. But yeah, like, uh, outside of that, I don't really have anything to say about the episode in all honesty. It was really, the last two episodes weren't really anything. Um, like, literally, Hermes should have been able to kill four of the guys by himself. I'm like, give the dude, like, but first off, why is Heron's sword the only sword of its kind? Is it, is it because that would have made the fight with the giant trivial? Like, could you imagine every Olympian with one of those freaking lightsabers? They would have just <laughs> murdered the giant. Like, the giants were such not a threat. I was just bored. I was like, oh, <laughs> so you guys are just choosing to lose. You're you're throwing the fight. Gotcha. Okay. You're just throwing the fight. Um, every, <laughs> like, it felt like everyone bet on the Olympians and the Olympians bet on the giants. And then they were just throwing the fight. Every you know, our the bad guys are really really bad until the heroes decide to do something. Then the we realize the bad guys really aren't shit. And there's another thing. Another thing is Seraphim is a cool design. I, I like Seraphim's design. But why is every character in that show trying to get a blowjob from him? Like, <laughs> blowjob on your it, like, like Hera on your knees every fucking time she saw him, and then he dies and goes to Tartarus and meets Hades, and Hades is like, "Well, I can save you from the turtle tournament. You just need to do one thing for me." And Seraphim's like, "What?" And he's like. Get on your knees, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why does everyone keep trying to fuck this guy? Well, like, you have what to is remember, that? You know, it's a Greek story. They were kind of into that. Yeah, they were kind of into that. That's true. I'm just like, why is everyone trying? Like, why is everyone keep tra- propositioning this guy? No wonder he's so pissed off at the world. <laughs> yes, we utilize our men but, as sex toys and not our women because our men cannot produce children. That way we can have sex whenever we want. Right. Another th- um, another feather in the cap of homosexual love. <laughs> well, uh, another thing in the whole, you know, Olympians versus giants, like, like Hermes could create tornadoes. That was the... In- yeah, he's... With- 
Whenever you introduce a character who can literally move faster than who can move almost at the same speed of light, like you have to be moving, you are moving at a speed in which can't be seen once you can run across water, basically. To be able to move fast enough that water has a solid enough consistency to hold your weight, you have to be running at a speed that that normal eyes can't track. And you might be like, well, giants and, you know, Olympian eyes might be able to. It's like, well, no. Like, Hermes proved several times he was so fast, he could not be seen. Ares caught him because Ares is a warrior, and he just felt it out. Um, But it's like, but he can also move so fast, he can make tornadoes. Tornadoes. Yeah, her, that's he, the end of that war right there. He, he's the original Flash. <laughs> not to. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, and and the Flash not to mention. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, there are so many ways Hermes could have just ended that fight before dinner, and I'm just like, yeah, this is just stupid then. And Apollo is the god of the sun. L- like yeah. in mythology, he literally pulls the sun across the sky. Yes, but they don't they, know how many cubic neutron newtons of force that would take in Greek mythology. They were just saying it's a bright thing. He rules over that. There are so many things. The god of the open fire. There's just so many gods that they had at their disposal that could have just ended that fight. (laughs) Well, I look at gods kind of the way I look at Superman in comic books. Well, when I first saw them using their powers, I thought mutants. I was like, oh, they're the X-Men. Like, the first time I saw everybody using their powers. Yeah. But you take Superman. Superman is not an interesting character. He's not a fun character. He's not a well-written character. He's as strong as he needs to be at any given time. He's always holding back. He's never using his true force and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. I mean, he has no upper limit range, basically. And that's what the gods are. The gods are never really using their true power because they want to look as if they're struggling to win as if you know, there's some great story to make them sound better. It's them shining their own cock. We could have totally ended this 15 seconds into the fight, but if we don't make it look good, people will, will think we're shit, and we need worship. <laughs> they do, but this, <laughs> but this isn't rocket science, though. Like this is just addition and subtraction. If you have these group of characters and you have this set of powers, all you need is a group of characters opposite them that have powers on this that are also on par or a little bit greater so that they're an actual threat. Like I literally thought the giants would be like would have like impenetrable skin or something, right? And and the Olympians had an incredibly hard time actually hurting them. And it was like, well, no, they they're slicing giants up like they're just, they're just normal flesh and blood. It's not a big deal. 
Well, maybe they like, have the Wolverine he, healing factor. <laughs> they could have given Hermes a giant's knife, and he could have just gone. He could have just ran up giant's bodies, lopping off heads. They literally could have been done with the entire war in less than three minutes. Well, it's kind of like, like a friend of mine <laughs> said long, long time ago. We were in a D&D campaign, and we were fighting a dragon. And before we went to fight the dragon, she made a roll and asked if the dragon was male or female when we went to fight them. And we were told it was female. So basically what she did is as we were fighting the dragon, she made several investigative check rolls to find its cloaca in a very long spear. <laughs> and there is no armor on the entry point of an anus. <laughs> and she basically <laughs> rammed home the longest fucking toothpick known to man. And we killed a dragon from internal bleeding. <laughs> Very quickly. That is pretty much how that works. (laughs) But there is an anime that uses the exact same attack. (laughs) Yeah. It's stupid in that anime, too. I cast spirit. (laughs) In that anime, it was actually sexual, but still, it was funny. Well, um, but yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's it's a nothing show. It's not good, but it, if if you want to look at a story where Zeus is constantly fucking up, then it's a it's funny. It's at least it is. I would say it is so bad you can have fun laughing at it. Um, but yeah, the last two episodes were pretty much just nothing. Um, I. I'm surprised you don't have anything to say about Hera thinking you know, everything was great until the the giant with the two fucking snakes, you know, on his shoulder just decided to pull a rat. Well, yeah. Him. I also thought it was stupid that that same giant was like, "Oh, the uh, I have one god almost defeated, and then I have another god in my grasp. I could just crush and kill him, and then kill the other one." but they seem to have some form of bond. I will slowly step on the other one, giving the one in my hand time to do me some harm. Because villain. Because <laughs> I'm a villain and those are the rules. I have to give them a chance to somehow fuck this up for me. And I'm just like, uh, like I, I mentally checked out as soon as that happened. Like well, I, I, I stopped. For you, I stopped critiquing the. I stopped critiquing the episode as soon as that happened. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." When have we ever had a villain in any form of media that hasn't acted like an idiot? Recently, you're not Game wrong. Of Thrones. No, they're pretty Game stupid. Of, there's Game idiots of Thrones, in Game of Thrones. So. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, it, usually it is it, it, the big things in media is either the villain does something completely stupid and illogical or they're or everyone is just bad at their jobs. Like everyone's just bad at their job. Um, <laughs> I'm going to kill all these people unless I get that. 
or blah or whatever. I really yeah, wish it, they would write a villain <laughs> like a human would be, you know. And, you know, make a movie that doesn't have a fucking happy ending for once. Where the bad guy fucking wins. Skeleton skeleton key. Yeah, there are there are yeah. Yeah, I, I will give Lock and Key that, though the vil No 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 the the movie Skeleton Key. Oh, I don't know of the <clears throat> It starred Kate stars uh stars Kate Hudson. She's like a a uh in home mm. nursing assistant. And uh she moves from New York to Louisiana. And like all throughout the movie, she starts building up like, uh, like, like you know how the Cajuns are with the superstitions, brick dust on the, you know, on the threshold, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. She starts buying into it, and then when she buys into it enough, the bad guy uses the spell. Like she buys this Cajun spell on a record, like a rec, like mm-hmm. LP record. And she plays it. And then the bad guy's like, oh, I just needed you to start believing. And then, like, the the thing was, it was these, the, it was these two children from the, from the slave days. And one of the, one of the house slaves taught them um, voodoo. And essentially what they've been doing is jumping from body to body to body to body. And in the end, Kate Hudson's body gets taken over by, I think, the the boy. And uh, her spirit gets put into the old man who can't talk. So she she loses, even though she yeah. thought she was winning. I think that's the one movie I've seen so far that actually does that. And that was well, shitty. Well, Locking Key her. also does it as well. <clears throat> like, it... In modern day, the villains yeah. all just it, the rule is the heroes win and the and the villains lose. No matter how stupid, inept, and unskilled the heroes may be, they always must win and the villains must lose. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's never been so blatant as it was in Blood of Zeus. But I just don't really have anything to say about it. It was. The last two episodes were nothing. It, it's a if you have nothing else to watch and you're bored, yeah, sit down and give Blood of Zeus a try. But if you have anything better to do, don't don't even look twice at this. Um, yeah, I, I, I got nothing else. Well, you can think. All right, Chewy, anything to add? <clears throat> Since you're the one who suggested the show to me. Nah. It was My one of the few is, things yeah. they actually did right. I watch way too much anime, and I will watch a really shite show just because I enjoy animation. And there's nothing else worth watching <laughs> or on or... It's two o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep because I work night shift. I'm like, well, here's a stupid anime. Maybe it'll be palatable. Mm. 
All right. Well, there you have it, folks. We are done uh, with. Do you have Wooden nothing Zoo. to say about it? Um, well, well, I'm yeah. just saying that we're done with it. Um, I just really fucking hated Hera in this show. <laughs> nah, you, should... you know, I mean, like, I mean, like I, I get, you know, she she's tired of Zeus, you know, dipping his. Dick oh no, she's a horrible person. Kids. You, you was, really anyone who watches this show does right. not have to explain why they hate Hera. Like she's a horrible person. Like her well, husband cheated leave. on her. Leave. Like yeah, all she had to do was just get a divorce and leave. Or she had to be like, "Well, you go do your thing. I'm gonna go do my thing. I we're, we're done." But instead, she got mad that her husband was cheating on her and decided to put the jeopardy of the world and decided to jeopardize the entirety of the world. Not only that, she actively went on murdering sprees. No, she is a horrid bitch, Mm -hmm. and the fact that she only gets away losing one hand (laughs) is bullshit. That bitch should have (laughs) died. But our villains are inept and bad at their job, so, you know, that's how that works. (laughs) Uh, so and i didn't remember it from my first run through but i had forgotten that the biden that um seraphim was using was actually hades's And I'm wondering why the hell was that Biden just chilling in a well considering the way it ended it the, the show gets another negative because it actually ended on kind of an open space as if it deserves a second season, which it does not. Netflix, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It, Netflix, if you want a show and you happen to be listening, I'll write you a show. Do not give this thing a second season. I'll write you a show in a month. <laughs> Fund me. I'll write you a show. And it'll still be... I'll do it in a month and it'll be better than this. Um, But they leave it kind of open as if Hades is actually the villain behind everything. Because the Biden was kind of... Because the Biden was in the body of the giant that Seraphim found. Right? So it is kind of implied that... um, it is implied that uh, Hades may have started the entire thing Hades? and that he might be the real villain and is possibly the villain that they'll be dealing with in what would be the second season that this show should not be given. <laughs> and then that also makes me wonder was that Hades's voice that was that was supposedly uh no, you know, talking that was to Hera and Zeus. No 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 like when when he first discovers the giant's body like after uh, I was pretty sure it was the giant's and like then, mm, maybe it was. I was I was thinking that it was some because even Zeus said that the uh when he was telling the story that the body, just being near the body, it infected Seraphim. So it could have just as easily have been some hallucination of his mind caused by being in proximity of the giant, just to get him to eat and drink of his blood. So it could have been Hades, 
or it could have just mm-hmm. been a trick of the. It could have been because the giant's body has that kind of has some kind of weird effect on humans when they're in their vicinity. Mm, could be. That's just something that I. Well, that just I'm not about. saying that you're wrong. I'm like, saying that that is a possibility. <laughs> I think you're right. That is a possibility because I never really thought about it. I just chalked it off to when Zeus was telling the story and how you know the bodies have a weird effect on humans because it said the body infected the man who found it even without his knowledge the moment he laid eyes on it. So I assume that's what it was. <clears throat> so. Yeah, and it'd be an interesting twist if it did turn out that yeah. Hades was the one behind. I mean, all. even if he was behind leaving the uh, the giant's body there, the rest of the gods were still fucking idiots for leaving it there. Like they knew about well, the cult. Then we have no they plot device. Get a better plot. That's all you. That's what you. That's that's it. Just get a better plot. <laughs> <laughs> like your plot is garbage. <laughs> well, it like, is a really old story. <laughs> Tale as old as time. <sighs> but <clears throat> yeah, I just, I just really, I just really hated Hera. She's yeah. such a fucking bitch. And, and to be fair, you know, it's not unwarranted. Well, no, it's completely unwarranted. Like, it is completely unwarranted. Her husband cheated on her. That is something to be angry about. Her going on a homicidal killing spree is no. No. No, no. Now, if, right. if you let me finish, that's what I was going to say. Is that, you know, her anger about being cheated on was not unwarranted. What she decided to do, uh, yeah, that was bullshit, and, and I just yeah. hate her. Like uh, her and Zeus are garbage, garbage people. Like they're they are absolutely garbage people. Him for cheating on his wife seven times, and it's not. See, this is the this is this is what pisses me off about Zeus, right? We don't find out. Oh, tell Chewy what you said. Oh, I was. About I, him from hey, last week. I, I don't know if I can say it on the listeners. podcast without us getting uh, some kind of bullshit I don't want to deal with. But I was like, Zeus is the original N. With a hard R. With a hard R. He's literally talking to Hera. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. How are you going to get in any trouble? I don't know. It's like I just don't want to. Well, I know, but I just don't (laughs) want to deal with. I don't want to deal with any like the service gets mad at us. I I just don't want to deal with it. But there's the point in time where Zeus brings Heron up to Olympus, and everyone, the moment they see Heron, the other gods start whispering, and one of the gods goes, "This is." It's like it's been seven times already, and it's like. Wait a minute. You're telling me Zeus has done this seven other times, and not only that, he's been caught every time? 
dude, you've been you've been caught cheating on your wife seven times already, and you're still doing it. Other people know about it. What? And then Hera is like, <laughs> and then he's like, look, I know I've done wrong, Hera, but if you'll just forgive me, I'll, 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 I'll never do it again. I'll never stray from you again. And all that, all that happened in my head was Zeus going, baby, baby, please, baby, I'll never do it again. I swear, I'll never, I'll never cheat on you again, baby, please, baby, please. And I'm like, this motherfucking, <laughs> like this, oh, <laughs> just this. <laughs> Oh man, it's just oh, I was like, geez. I had, I had a good laugh with that last week, <laughs> but yeah. So, it's, you know, I've said it. Yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't stand the bitch. Like, oh, you cheated right. on me. Time to bring the whole world to an end. Hey, giants! If you if you kill if you kill Zeus. And, uh, and, uh, you know, bring Olympus down, you know, the only home I've known for, you know, ages upon ages, well, I'll it, suck that. It key. is obvious that she thought she could control the situation with the urn, which once again, it, yeah. it just, the urn itself brings a whole bunch of shit into, brings a whole bunch of shit into, uh, question. Because it's first off, the first thing it goes is, wait, if that thing can just pull souls out of things, why didn't you just use that in the first war? Why did two giants need to defect? Then when you think about that, you go, well, if all these giants are waking up, where are the two giants that defected? What are they doing? Um, And then you go, wait a minute, that thing can suck out souls. Couldn't you have just used it to suck out Zeus and all the enemy gods' souls once you got your hands on it? You didn't even have to bring the giants back. So, <laughs> it's just a lot of, wait a minute, what? This is stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Fuck this story! <laughs> it's just, uh, Just... <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just and like the the whole thing, like the whole premise behind this was like this was one of the untold stories of Greek mythology. You don't want it, it, to be fair. Only someone who is actually interested in Greek mythology, Greek mythology wants to know the untold stories of Greek mythology. I was listening to a uh, TV series that was going over Greek mythology from the beginning, like with you know with uh, Gaia being born and then creating uh, Saturn, the sky, just going through like literally from Genesis all the way through. You don't want to know the untold stories. You know what the untold stories like to tell you? Did you know that there was a point in time where Zeus raped his own mother? Yeah, that apparently happened. And you know why he did it? Because she mouthed off to him. That was it. There's your hero, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, what a hero. Oh, wasn't it oh, born from a headache? Uh, she was. And you know how that happened? 
because yeah. Zeus, and, and this is just what the team, I don't remember all of these, but this is just what I found out. But you know how that happened? There was a goddess who was already the goddess of wisdom, and Zeus wanted wisdom. So he, she, was, uh, she was a goddess of wisdom, but she was also like a wild child. She, like, she, she was one of those like hold my beer and watch this kind of people as well. So Zeus was like, <laughs> hey, I bet you can't do this. And she was like, hold my beer. And she did it. And he was like, well, I bet you can't do this. And she was like, hold my beer. And she did it. And so he, what he was basically asking, telling her he probably, she probably couldn't do was, I bet you can't like grow yourself to this size. I bet you can't shrink yourself to this size. And he was like, I bet you can't make yourself this small and so she like turned herself into like a rabbit I think was the first one and he was like I bet you can't go smaller than that and she turned herself into like a hummingbird maybe I don't remember these specific creatures except for when he gets to a fly and he's like I bet you can't go smaller than that she turns herself into a fly and he goes I bet you can't go smaller than that and she turns herself into a drop of water and the moment she turns into a drop of water he drinks her the real, the original Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> your heroes, your hero, ladies and gentlemen. And then he, and because she was a wise goddess, she didn't fully trust Zeus. So when he drank her, she caused such a ruckus that it gave him. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, she drank him. And it has something to do with her fest. No, she drank him and she caused him such an intense headache that Hephaestus, for some reason, came over and hit hit and hit Zeus in the head with his hammer, which split Zeus's head open, which gave birth to the goddess of Athena. Yeah. And that's that's apparently the original untold story of how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you, unless you are specifically interested in Greek mythology, you don't want to know the old stories. They're they, all they are about how terrible the Greek <laughs> the Greek gods were, and probably how even more terrible human beings were, since we're the ones who uh, came up with them. Beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hmm. Well, and we talked about it on the on the Greek one that we did. Like ninety percent of Greek mythology is because Zeus couldn't keep his dick in his pants. Yep. Yeah. I just I, I have I have nothing to add to that. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, let's move on then to. Episode five of Hannibal. Uh, <clears throat> I still have to say, I am really enjoying yeah, the same. way they do this, <clears throat> especially this episode. Like, and 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 I'll get to it when I when I talk about my notes, but just the way they're they're doing this, <clears throat> this is making it is making it uh, is making this my favorite. Like procedural murder solving story. <clears throat> so let me uh, 
I honestly don't have too much to say about this episode either myself, except for there are times during it where Hannibal seems like he is getting impatient. Um, and there's like specifically when he's like smelling people. Um, he smells Will at one time and has to come up with like a hasty explanation for why he did it. And I'm like, okay, you're getting a little impatient, guy. You may, you just make you got to cook it until it's done. Just leave it in the oven until it's done. Be patient. Um, and then Will's hallucinations are getting basically worse and worse, and no one seems to know how worse. Uh, it's the first time we get to see yeah. him mouth off to John, which honestly was spectacular. Because um, John's like, oh, I didn't just hear that. And all the forensics, all the forensics guys just immediately leave. They're like, we're not supposed to hear the rest of what's about to happen here. <laughs> They're like, time to go. Um, and I'm not sure, yeah. but it kind of feels like the the one uh, lady forensic scientist. Uh, it kind of feels like she is slowly starting to become a love interest. Um. Oh, well, uh, it's it's, it's been a okay couple thing. of things. Like <clears throat> it's obvious she has taken like a weird kind of interest in Will. Um. And she is, I don't know, it feels like she is slowly inching herself closer, right? Um, and her her talking to him was kind of a way of her taking that next step. And, and I might just be seeing, I might be reading too much into it, but it, it, it just feels that way. Um but uh, yeah, there, there's the, and I thought that was a good moment where she's like, uh, uh, if something was up with me, I'd tell you and I hope you do me the same courtesy. And he's like, yeah. So, like, that was a good moment. We find out what's really going on in John's marriage. So I honestly felt like this episode was very John-centric. Um, which is not a problem at all. It was still a good episode. I really like the moment where he is uh, on the job and through talking through another talking to another character because I know you still want to go over things, but through talking through another character, he figures out what is actually going on. I thought that was really good. Um, Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's on page. So yeah, they it, once again it was it's another episode where they did a, a really good job. Um, the only thing I really have to say is what is happening with the female psychiatrist. I I still keep forgetting her name. Um, is it Doctor Bloom? Doctor Bloom? Yeah, the brunette. Um, the brunette. Because. Yeah, Doctor Blue. I feel like some kind of warning signal should have been going off into her it off in her head because she had a big argument with him about Abigail, and then she gets there after finding out he took Abigail out of the home and he set up a place already for her. Uh, to me, that would scream, "I was expected." Like I don't know, maybe he had already invited her over for dinner without me knowing, but I thought she showed up out of the blue. You know, like of her own accord, I mean, like he knew she was coming, but she didn't know he knew she was coming, which is what I thought. So I don't know. 
I think you're right. Yeah. Because I don't remember and, him calling her. Either. Um, and also, uh, like, so I was wondering, I would, I would have thought there would have been some warning bells. Um, considering how focused they've been on Abigail, I'm surprised that she's not in the episode as well, even if only for a little bit. Um, so also, uh, yeah, but those were the things that kind of were odd to me that that those characters didn't show up at least a little bit. Um, uh, and apart from that, um, uh, outside of that, I think I don't have anything else to say about it. Um, it is terrifying to come to the realization that your own brain has turned against you. That's one of my biggest fears. My own, like, having your own mind turned against you is just, there's nothing you can do. You're completely helpless. There's nothing you can do. So that is terrifying. And Will is, and it's easy to see that Will is literally teetering on the verge of that. And he, and you can see he is extremely terrified that that's what's happening to him, that he's, that his mind is slowly turning on him. So. Deeper into the descent he goes, where yeah, he stops, much. only Lecter goes, or something. <clears throat> so, uh, as, as Gerald said, the episode starts off with Will walking barefoot down a... Yeah, I he's guess, just walking down the road. road. Like, asphalt road. Yeah, and then, like, we, I guess we as the audience see a... I assume it's an elk because the way its horns are shaped. We see a it's giant a recurring thing, and I him. still can't understand what it's supposed so to mean. I'm, I thought it was just a, a representation of, of him constantly uh, remembering the original murder in the first episode because of the way the victims were like obviously being hung up and whatnot. Now, I don't know what the fuck it means. <laughs> it might just be his spirit animal. animal. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Jerry could be right. It might just be a spirit animal. It is trying to help him, and he's not letting it. <laughs> yeah, so. You have to kill them all, Davey. And so what I, what I was originally <laughs> thinking. This is the opposite of Pokemon. Not test them, kill them all. Oh, if you, if you haven't listened to the podcast we did for... Uh, we did a podcast on Pokemon and how actually dark that universe is. That's horrible. Off of that, you should listen to that one, Chewie, just off Fuck of that up. comment. <laughs> I think it was like two episodes yeah, ago. I don't know how you're ago? titling the episode, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that, that would have been part two. So it would have been, you know, uh, Blood of Zeus. Yeah, like there are straight up murder Pokemon. And and it's directly out of the Pokedex of the games. There's straight up Pokemon that just go out and murder human beings. Just they just go out and do it. Yeah, there's like the ninja assassin guys and 
kidnapping kids. And but, Jigglypuff is the scariest thing of all of them. Yeah, but okay. Well, Jigglypuff is the scariest thing because it <laughs> not it's because it puts you to sleep and doesn't kill you. That's why Jigglypuff is terrifying. You don't know what the fuck is going. You just wake up in the middle of a park without any clothes on and you don't know what happened. There's pink smear marks all over you. You're just confused. You started in Cinnabar. You woke up in the Genova region. Like, what? (laughs) All your Pokeballs are empty. You have a new tattoo of stitches. At least you hope it's a tattoo. <laughs> so, so basically, Jiggly. Now, I was thinking more like the Bill Cosby, the, but uh, okay, Cardi we can B go with Cardi B. Yeah, I guess we can go. Yeah, I guess we can go with Cardi B. I mean, they both did the same thing. <laughs> to be fair, they did the same thing. <laughs> I didn't know Cardi B was doping men and screwing them. And well. Well, wow. to be Still fair, in her confession, she never slept. said she was having sex with them. So we don't know. But she did state outright that she was uh, drugging them and then robbing them. We have no idea what else she was doing. Uh. And yeah, <laughs> it's like basically she mu- she's just the female version of Bill Cosby. Like like Bill Cosby as a man drugged women and then had sex with them against their will which is rape and she as the female version did her equivalent of that and she raped their wallets mm. <laughs> it's a shame that you have to quantify that response right you know, somebody <laughs> dumped somebody out had sex with them which is rape yeah, which we're, we're defi- we have we have to make sure you understand this concept. What the dude? Fuck is we live in this world. We live in a world where Wonder Woman in her own movie actively rapes a man, and no one, and only certain, like, and there's a very small community of people pointing it out. No one yeah. else seems to see a problem with it. The well, people who wrote the script don't seem to see a problem because he's not in control of his own body. <laughs> is that where we're going with? Kind of, uh, sort of. Uh, but I thought that was the very definition of it. Well, he, <laughs> he, he can't consent. He, he can't consent to what she did to him. No, he did consent. No, it's a completely different person, and it's his body, and he's still in there, and he can't consent. It is rape. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong, sir, but have you looked at Gagadot? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, if we're going to go, well, it's not rape because, of course, have you seen who did it? Then, mm, I mean, I mean, if we're going to say, if we're going to say, if the president for whether something is rape or not is how hot the rapist is, we are going into, we are on a slippery slope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Like, like, if if we set a precedent in the courts that hot people cannot rape other people, 
<sighs> that's just that's a slippery slope to me. I'm sorry. That, that, I, <laughs> well, we've already said the precedent <laughs> that rich people can't rape. So okay, right. now we're just we're just moving it to hot people now. And rich people can doubly not rape. Rich hot people can doubly so not rape. <laughs> David's like, I'm losing control of my conversation. God damn you. Oh, no, the, the train's done derailed. I do feel sorry place. for your podcast when I do stop by. Yeah. I am sorry. I don't mean like to do this. <laughs> Yeah. That's part of the charm. Well, that's part, that's why. Inside. That's why you're the best guest, Chewy. That's exactly why you're the best guest. Oh. <laughs> so at first, I was wondering if it was a dream he was having, because. I mean, haven't we all had that dream where we're walking barefoot? Haven't we down all wished we didn't have that dream where we're walking down us? the road with a giant oak behind us? <laughs> <laughs> but then that's uh, that thought's quickly quashed when a uh, you know, like a, a a police unit pulls up and the two cops get out and they're like, "Are you okay? What's, what's your name? Where are you? This and this," and then. Um, so we find out there was something behind him. It was one of his dogs. So, so they take him, they take him home. And then the next day he goes to talk to Lecter and, and then as uh, Gerald alluded, uh, Lecter is, is thinking this sleepwalking is like man, like a manifestation of his losing control. And, you know, has he experienced any aggression? And then they start talking about, or uh, Lecter makes a comment that she made a deal with the devil when it came to Jack. Not John, Jack. And, and I think this is almost the quickest we meet the killer in, in any of these episodes so far. He's at a, he's at a motel. Um, he's getting ice from one of the ice machines and he looks up and there's this couple, I guess they walked out of the office and what he sees is their, their heads are on fire. And uh, then we, and we, uh, we find out what he actually does, which is flays their backs and, you know, stretches their, their back skin into looking like wings and I'm so glad I wasn't hungry at that point in the show because uh, <clears throat> that was uh, that was kind of crazy. And then one of the uh, one of the FBI guys alludes it to the the Viking punishment called Blood Eagle, to where it, so listeners, if you don't know what they would what the Vikings would do is cut slits in your back, break your ribs. And pull your lungs. Are you talking about the blood eagle? Pull your lungs out and Mm. then make them. The more you learn about your heroes, the worse they turn out to be. Yes. Well, they didn't really do it that often. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was that punishment was like the most severe, like reserved for traitors, child molesters, and people talking to you. 
my loving <laughs> white answer my ancestors did in England. I mean, uh, breaking people on the wheel, public disembowelment, the Iron Maiden, the rack, crucifixion, crucifixion. The rack. <clears throat> oh, don't forget the uh, the triangle that you, they would set you on. Yeah. And put weights if on your you feet. You talk in so the theater, you're not getting a blood eagle. You're getting a crucifixion. <clears throat> that was a fun. That's what you deserve. Well, theoretically, crucifixion is not that bad. You just slowly <laughs> drown or suffocate once you run out of strength. Don't you like lose all control of your bowel movement? All oh, yeah. Well, that like, happens when you die anyway. Bad about that. I was pretty sure it crucifixion oh, was extremely agonizingly painful. Yeah. Because well, you're, you know, yeah. hanging by your feet and hands. Well, technically, the way they did it is they didn't necessarily drive nails through your hands. It was more through your wrists, so it would support the weight. And then they drove a nail through your feet. So, yes, the way it was designed is if you, the weight of your own body as you hung slowly constricts your lungs. So you really can't breathe. So right before you pass out, you stand up, but the severe pain of the nail through your foot doesn't let you stand there that long, and then you hang again, then you have the pain of the hanging through your wrist, and then you yeah, it's horribly crucifying, it's horribly painful, but, you know, being sat inside of a metal object with spikes slowly getting turned into you that are red hot, yeah, no. Well, it, considering that talking in the movie theater <laughs> is such a heinous crime, could we come up with some kind of hybrid of these two systems in order to punish these offenders? I feel mm. like that would be most appropriate. Well, we could do the, the crucifixion down. plus Vlad the Impaler. That'll where you're yeah, only yeah. crucified where you're crucified by your Risk to the cross, and you have a spike aimed somewhere, you know, in your ribs or your anus, and you slowly just, you know, there, there's like a timer or a sandbag or an hourglass system where you just every hour you're lowered an inch. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, listeners, uh, don't let us don't find out about it. We're not the Justice League. We're the Injustice League. We root out injustice and punish you mercilessly. It has to be done. And we played no favorites. Something like that. <clears throat> so, so, after that crime scene... <clears throat> Jack's wife finally joins him for dinner with Lecter. And we find out she's a bleeding heart because she doesn't want to eat meat. You know, cruelly killed meat or some, some shit like that. <laughs> and we get some backstory about how they met in Italy. He was in the army. I think she was I'm in the army. So and I think that meat isn't murder unless it's people. <laughs> Which fits in really good with this show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I don't cons- I don't consider her a bleeding heart if she doesn't want to so, if she uh, does not want to eat meat that is her choice. I consider her a bleeding heart when she's like uh trying to get other people not to eat meat and shoving it down their trying to shove the ideal down their throats. That's what I see as a bleeding heart. If she doesn't want to do it, perfectly her choice. Got no issues with her cuz that means more meat for me cuz I'm going to eat them. Um but if she's like, well, you shouldn't either, and you should stop right now, and these are the reasons why, it's like, look, lady, I don't care. I'm hungry. Pass the beef. <laughs> right? Well, th- that was just the, – the bleeding heart thing was just my personal opinion because, like, she was, she was kind of – I, I don't want to say virtue signally, but she was kind of well. That's smug. There we go. She's kind oh, of good. smug in it, <clears throat> and I like the and I like the jab that uh, Lecter gave her when he, he was like, "All right, so the next course is is pork." But yeah. I assure you that pig was very um, supercilious. But yeah, uh, it, it's nice to see this actress. I know this is an older TV series, but it's nice to see she's still getting work. I've always enjoyed her as an actress. Um, but she, to be fair, to be fair, whenever she plays a role, she always has that air about her. Like, I haven't seen her play a role where he she hasn't had this sort of, where she doesn't give off this sort of regal atmosphere. Like it's weird, but I've never seen her play a role where she doesn't have that. So, even, really, we did even we not Firefly? watch the same TV series? She even had it then, even when she was calling him cap. Even when she was calling uh, uh, <laughs> what's his name, Captain? I can't remember his name in the show. Um, yeah, even when she was calling him Captain Malcolm Reynolds, she she it was uh, it, like. She gave off the air. She was doing it as a formality because it, it was the army that was her, you know, super. That was her supervising officer. She was very like hard, strict to the rules and chain of command and stuff like that. So, yeah. But like, if it weren't for that, she'd be like looking yeah. at him like, "Who the fuck are you talking to?" <laughs> like, she always gives off that air in every role she plays, <laughs> and she and no one else. Like, there were times with like when I found out that when I first watched the TV series and came to the point where she where we find out that she's actually married to Wash the pilot, I was like. Is she having an affair with the captain? Because she seems really into the captain. Like, like she, yeah. It's like, and they, and then they, they show how they go way back because she served under him in the big war and stuff. And it's just the like she, like I think, yeah, I think the episode you're talking about is when uh, Wash actually questions it, questions her on it. Where not if she's sleeping with them, but it's about her loyalty. Is she more loyalty to the mm-hmm. captain than her, her own husband? Because whatever the captain says, she was down for. It, like, she didn't give anyone else the respect she gave him. So it was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, so... uh I'll, I'll boil this. I'll boil this down since 
a lot of it's already been covered. So we find out through, because uh, at the first crime scene, there was vomit. So the, the toxicology reports came back and based off the medications they read off, they found, they found out the killer's got a brain tumor. And they, they postulate he's afraid of dying in his sleep. So he kills these people he sees as evil and quick interruption to watch over him was it weird to anyone else when the forensics Mm. uh chick uh like she dabbed her finger in the vomit and then brought it to her nose to smell it was that weird to anyone else not because she did it but because i have never known vomit to be present in an area and not everyone within at least a 30-foot radius to not know it's there. The stuff does not stop smelling because it's been there for a while. (laughs) It gets worse the longer it's there. (laughs) So her having to stoop down to smell it was just weird to me. (laughs) I didn't actually even think of that, but that is a good point. <clears throat> and and so and and again one of the reasons why I really like this series is everything ties into everything. So <clears throat> with the whole them realizing the killer d- is afraid of dying in their sleep kind of plays off of Will's <clears throat> beginning to lose control of himself and he's worried about that and uh you know, all that happens, and then with uh, is Lecter yeah, just pretty much. I mean, they, they establish immediately in the first episode that he's like the best psychologist in that area, and that he's one of the top psychologists like in the world. So, like, it, it is established that he is a uh, maybe not in the world, but it is established he is a. Uh, a very high quality psychiatrist. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, judging by his office, I mean, I would assume, you know, he has enough yeah, like clients the, to afford that kind of that kind of thing. His practice <clears throat> is in his house, isn't it? Good. It seems like his practice is in his house. Uh. Maybe, or yeah, maybe, maybe he's just, he's got, just a got a giant fucking study in his house. That's like a second, and maybe that's like a second office yeah. where he can work. <clears throat> and so, so she's talking with Lecter. And did anyone else think that she was what, talking about cheating? In what way? On Jack. Right, like, but in what way? Like sleeping with like, another you, man. You're like, do you like? Do you mean like she was propositioning Lecter, or that she was? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like no, him that I remember that uh, she spoke about it when she was talking to Lecter because when John approached her again because she'd been so distant, he he was like, I'm not going to insult you by asking mm-hmm. if it is another man. And my immediate thought was then why did you even say that sentence? Yeah. If you weren't going to... 
Right. And I, and I knew that, that but it was so stupid. And then she was like, thank you. And I was like, but, and then she brought it up with Lecter and she was like, he said he wasn't going to dignify, <laughs> you know, asking me if it was another person, his way of asking. Like she basically said, yeah, that was his way of then asking. And I was like, I like even considering the circumstances, I would have been mad that he said he, that he allowed that sentence to come out of his mouth. It was fucking stupid. Like, um, but yeah, no, she was just telling Lecter about it. But at no point in time did yeah. I think she was. Maybe there were some things I missed, but I didn't think she was. Okay. All right. So, and and in. And in further talking, we find out she resents that Jack has so many worries, but she doesn't think he worries about her. And um, so there's there's that kind of there's that play that happens. The killer strikes again in Ohio. He kills what uh, looked to be a security guard, and he's just let, like hanging up on the side of a building in an alleyway they find in the in the search of the crime scene they find i guess was it his dick or his balls his genitals in in their entirety that they found cut off yeah okay yeah so he castrated himself and there, that's more more talk about the whole angel thing he's preparing smooth as a mannequin and then that's when Will confronts Jack. <laughs> and then that's where Will confronts Jack. And Jack's like, I didn't You know, hear that, that brings up and a question. Like, yep, I've got to be over here now. Did he bring his genital, did he bring his dick and balls back to the crime scene? Because you can't spur the moment, cut your dick off, and be okay. Okay. When did like, you ever cut your dick off and be okay? <laughs> well, he was not okay before he cut his dick off, but he'd be doubly not okay after he cut his dick off. Okay. There's a movie I want y'all to watch. It's called The Madman's Dictionary. It's on Netflix. There's a dick removal scene in that as well. Compare the two. Well, what I mean is, if he just spurred well, the moment, because he did it after he killed that security guard. He saw the security guard's head light up in fire, and um, and then he, you know, winged him, turned him into an angel. And then they found his dick and his balls there, too. So I'm like, did he kill the guy and, and, and angel him and then just cut his, just cut his dick off? Because you could that I mean like you can cut your dick and bleed to death, right? Yes, there's so cutting them, blood vessels in there. Right. So cutting it off would require like instantaneous medical conditions. That that would take preparation. And I guess he had that, maybe? Can you do that yourself? Like Or maybe he Okay. And that's what I was also thinking. Had he already it had himself? it done? And <clears throat> I mean, uh, you could do it yourself if you had enough lidocaine to make it where you couldn't feel it. 
because we had this uh, discussion earlier about not being able to feel <laughs> your own dick. But well, yeah, that's the true. simple act of going through <laughs> slicing through your own flesh is an extremely sickening feeling to oneself. Because what, what if you fucked physical... up and put the condom on backwards? No shit. <laughs> but you know, you put the condom on, you tie, you get a couple pieces of string, you tie it around the end of it. There's a tourniquet, you wait for the dick to go numb, and then you professional chop that bitch of one stroke and you're done. I, I would hate to see you fucking what? saw through that motherfucker like a sausage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> continue, uh, David, and I'll bring up my other point about this episode as well that I thought was interest an interesting thing that they're it, they they've introduced into this universe. Right. So, <clears throat> after all this happens, we find out that the Angel Maker is actually killing criminals, like the couple at the hotel were like a serial killer couple. And the uh, security guard wasn't actually a security guard. He was a convicted felon. Um, and one, so uh, Will has another episode where um, at first I thought he was having insomnia, but then he closed his eyes and then woke up standing on the roof of his house with like three of the dogs barking at the window. And then after that, uh, Lecter compares Will to the killer and he sniffs Will, and uh, the excuse he made was that Will should change his aftershave. And uh, we find out the Angel Maker is actually a truck driver who had uh, been missing for four months. He got the cancer diagnosis five months. Uh, they bring the wife in. I called her. I called her scumbag wife. That was my opinion because she left him after finding out. But she said, you know, he became distant. And, you know, this and this. And then that's when Jack sees the corollary between the angel maker and his own life. Um, they find out he wasn't religious, but he did have a near-death experience at a family farm. So they rush to the family farm and they find him. Hang, he, he flayed it. I don't know how the hell he flayed his own damn self hung the wing flaps up and hung himself, but he done killed himself. And uh, just just as a personal thing, the actor who played Budish, I saw him blink when uh, he was hanging there. And then also at that point when they're in the barn, uh, Will finally expresses his problems to Jack, and Jack didn't seem to care. And he, you know, he toddled off to do what he was doing. And then uh, Will had, I guess, a, a awake. He had a hallucination, basically, that uh, Budish, like, crawled down from his thing and said he was, you know, he was going to fix um, Will's yeah, problems. Those hallucinations are getting more frequent and realistic. Because I actually thought it was him. Though, while we're on the subject, how the fuck did yeah. he hang himself up there and give himself the wings? <laughs> like, how could that's, he do that's that? That's what to I was himself? wondering, too. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Um, so after all that happens, uh, Jack is waiting in the, uh, in the waiting room at, uh, Lecter's office and <clears throat> he confronts Phyllis and Phyllis spills about the, about having cancer and they're having, you know, they're having a heart to heart. And she was like, you know, I didn't count on changing as much as I did. But, and he was like, well, you know, I'm here for you. I love you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there for you. And she's, and she's like, I know, I know you mean that. And I know you want that to comfort me, but yeah, it doesn't. But she's it's like, like, you, you I, <laughs> okay. So when it's coming from the perspective of his wife, everything she said, when he finally <laughs> confronted her, I completely understand. Don't fault her for it. The only thing I fault her for is the fact that she didn't tell him the moment she found out. That's what I fault her for. Just like he said, the moment she found out, he should have also known. Period. The fact that she kept it to herself and then basically started isolating herself from him didn't make the situation any better. It It put stress on him. It put stress on her. Her not feeling better because he's saying, I'll still be there. You know, I'll be with you every step of the way is perfectly right. understandable. She is, by all accounts, dying, and there's nothing that can be done about it. The way they're talking about it, she is terminal. So, someone saying, Hey, I'm going to be here with you every step of the way, I can understand why that doesn't comfort her. Right. It's, it's like, Well, I'm glad you'll be there, but you'll be there every step to my grave. That yeah, I can understand why that's not a comforting thought for her. Um, it's a rough situation. It's a really, really rough situation that they find themselves in. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then the episode ends with Will, you know, walking into Jack's office, and he's like. You know, I understand you don't. You probably don't want to talk right now, but I'm gonna sit right here until you do. And then they just they're just sitting in in chair, you know, yeah. in two chairs with a end table between them. And that that's a hell of a shot to you know to to Jack, you know, finding all this all this shit out. So yeah, that's a uh, that's sucky. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the coming episodes. But those are my thoughts on the episode. Uh, Anybody else got anything to add before we take a break? Oh, right. The thing I wanted to point out when you were done going through it. So one of the things that they couldn't understand about the the, uh, murderer was that they couldn't understand how he was picking his victims. And then they would show us the murderer and see how he's seeing the world through his eyes, right? And they were like, and then they picked up on a link between all the victims. All the victims, like the couple that they found, had just recently like murdered some dude and stole a car and shit like that. And the security guard that he got after that was an ex-convict. So he was picking his targets off of the fact that they were criminals. And they were like, well, how is he finding this information out? And they were like, we don't know. That's the thing that they couldn't figure out because he wasn't researching them. He wasn't looking this stuff up. He was picking his victims literally 
like upon seeing them it was instantly things were sporadic and random so he was picking his victims immediately upon meeting them for the most part right he wasn't doing like research for it or at least that's how it was implied so that meant that for some reason the tumor in his brain somehow reconfigured his mind so that he could tell the difference which is what he was seeing as the flames on people's heads because he wasn't seeing them on all of them he seemed to only be seeing it on people who were sinners basically because he'd gone really heavy into christian religion hence making the wings on their backs um that introduces a very interesting concept of did the tumor give him actual psychic powers? Because it's somehow identifying these people. How? What? What? How? In what way could his brain have changed to allow him to know exactly, you know, oh, this person is a criminal? Plot power. Right? Has done something. Oh, you remember? Yes, one of the only the good John Travolta movies. With yeah, the the tumor uh. on his brain was did similar things. You know, the the illusions of light and uh, like like you know the yeah, but that has been scientifically God damn it. Right? <laughs> It's yes, a nice thought, we but it's not of our real. <laughs> who's to say we use 100% of our brain now, but what would you to say if you rewired your brain in a different way? Like autistic people are wired differently, and they have amazing cognitive powers of visual acuity and mathematics and music. And So say you had a massive spider web tumor that rewired your brain and just unlocked a different skill set well that's what i'm that that's what i'm bringing up is the, the fact that the tumor changed his brain in some yeah. way to possibly give him psychic powers because the way humans perceive information from the world is either through light through our eyes through sound through our ears through uh pheromones through smell through our nose uh yeah, but I'm ruling out touch because he didn't touch, touch them until after he identified them as target. So the only ways for him to identify them would have been either through what he was seeing, yeah. through what he was hearing, or through what he was smelling. So was there a weird pheromone associated with a person who has done something like that maybe when you have committed a crime or killed a person or something of that nature it changed some chemical in your own brain that then exuded and his brain was picking up on the pheromones coming off because that is a thing humans do give off pheromones we do smell them but it's handled by our subconscious brain so we don't notice that that's what's going on was it, it i i have to rule out a light thing because because once again if if his brain has changed in a certain way that he's perceiving light of a sin soul, then angels and demons exist in this world. That opens up a whole nother can of worms. Um, and then we could go off of hearing, but what could he be hearing from them <laughs> that would do it? Maybe there's a hitch in their 
heart rhythm or I, I, I mean, I can't even think of that. So the only thing I could think of is a pheromone. But what could what could change in a person's brain after they've done some wrong to give off a specific pheromone? And that pheromone could be misinterpreted, so he could have picked a, a wrong target. But every single one of his targets were some kind of criminal. So the so if all of the options that you have are wrong, right. then you have to go to the other options that are available, even if they are impossible. Which is why I was like, well, has the tumor somehow mutated his brain and given him psychic abilities, where he's actually picking up some form of psychic, you know, feedback from them, which could then alert him to, oh, they have a criminal past. So. It could be. Well, I know. I, I, I That's but why I said it brings up an interesting thing in the universe just because of the way they did this. <laughs> um, and maybe the reason that he and it also yeah. maybe the reason he saw Will with also the flaming skull head is because Will had recently killed the Hobbs uh, Abigail Hobbs's father. Mm -hmm. Could be interesting. Uh, it's an interesting question. Maybe we we'll find out. Maybe though. we won't. I don't think they meant to do that. It didn't. might be another fluke in the show, which is too bad. Mm. Uh, but uh, I, I don't want it to turn into one of those shows where the mm. longer we watch, the more cracks we start to see. Let's hope not. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to take our sponsor break. Uh, I have to step out and grab something. For you, it'll only be like a second and, uh, or so. We'll be, yeah, back we'll be back shortly. Shortly. Welcome back, everybody. Um, like Jerry uh, said, it was just a second. So, um, when I uh, suggested this topic to Gerald, he had me uh, look and check and make sure we hadn't done it before. I'm pretty sure we didn't. We did mention um, one of the things on a previous podcast, but I don't think we uh, dedicated a segment to it. Topic on it. Yeah. And that is... Video game hmm. movie. Uh, What's that? But uh, yeah, video game movies. Uh, video game movies and vice versa. <sighs> I'm still waiting for the bad dudes. Bad dudes movie. Oh, and what video games based off of movies? Yeah, there's been quite a few. Oh, my. oh I completely missed that part. Eh, my bad. Well, it's it's fine. I mean, um, but let's go. Let's go ahead and start with video game movies. So, movies Mortal based Kombat. off of the yes, that came out, I believe, in 1995. The 90s seemed to have been the best year for video game movie adaptions. The first one of oh, which, no, 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 Super Mario Brothers. 
Shades. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a very bad uh, attempt at making a Super Mario Brothers movie. But in an article I read, that was because the writers wanted to make it it's Blade which is why when they go into the dinosaur universe, the city has like Chinese writing everywhere like it did in Blade Runner. <sighs> Bad movie, but I still own it on DVD. The best thing about that movie is uh, who was the guy that played King Koopa in that one? Uh, Dennis oh was Dennis Hopper? It wasn't Dennis Hopper, was it? Yeah, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I enjoy watching. He has so much fun in that movie just eating every line and piece of scenery. Mm-hmm. And um, also, his assistant, the, the, the uh, brunette-haired lady, yeah. would, event, would end up playing Harry Potter's aunt. Oh, I thought that was an interesting little piece of trivia. And then in looking through the list, <laughs> there was one that I had totally forgotten about. Uh, so we in 93, we had Super Mario Brothers. In 94, we had Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile and um, Raul Julia as M. Bison. And Julia is the only reason why you watch that movie, other than well, having uh, Finnick, who plays Chun Li. Mm. Got to get yeah. the iconic line, man. The iconic line. <laughs> um, so the one I've forgotten about was Double Dragon. Yes, those were horrible. <laughs> it was easily forgotten about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had totally forgotten about that one. But when I was pulling up the list, I was like, "Oh shit, they did make a movie about that, didn't they?" God, that was a horrible movie. <laughs> uh, and of course, Mortal Kombat, which came out in which 95- was. Or 96. I can't remember which. There's only good, two good well, things Mortal, about that movie. I have that on mine too. So hold on a second. Mortal Kombat uh, came out around 96, 98. That was 1995. Mortal Kombat was 1995. And then the second one, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, was 1997. And okay. that one sucked. Oh, God. Well, the first they were sucked. both pretty bad. They were both pretty bad. There's only two or three good things about the first Mortal Kombat movie. I enjoyed the practical effects with Goro. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, mm. I love Christopher Lambert being Christopher Lambert as Raiden. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And that fucking theme song. Mortal Kombat! Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Also, an interesting tidbit about the Mortal Kombat movies, the actor who played Scorpion was Ed Boon. And for those who don't know, Ed Boon is the person who created the Mortal Kombat franchise. He created the first Ah. Mortal Kombat game. Ah. He played Scorpion in both movies. 
That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Out of all the characters in those movies, I think the only three characters I got half-ass right was Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Goro, because I hated Shang Tsung. Hmm. Well, what did yeah. you oh. want to change about him? He was just Shang Tsung. He was oh, pretty he much like all of the characters, as far as I could tell, were true to form, but they didn't put in all of their moves. So I don't know which character you would dissatisfied with and for what reason. Well, I enjoyed Goro just because it was a practical effect of puppetry that was done rather well for the time frame. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Scorpion because I'm a Scorpion nerd. That was my favorite character. And I like mm-hmm. the Sub-Zero fight scene where he turns the guy to ice and mid-kick and he explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing with oh, Shang Tsung and- was just I like the actor who portrayed him and the voice that he utilized you know, and all that good jazz. He's just the problem, did, the only problem I had like with Shang Tsung. The only problem I had with Shang Tsung is that instead of using his shape shifting the way it was supposed to be used, as him transforming into different warriors to give him different abilities, and I assume they didn't do that because they didn't want, they didn't have the money or didn't want to put in the money for the production of that, is they just used it to turn him into Liu Kang's little brother to try to do like a mind psych out thing, which was fucking stupid. Um, (laughs) that's my only problem with Shang Tsung other than that I thought he was pretty on point and uh, in in another episode of I called it while watching the movie um, like the the, at the end of the movie kind of romance thing between Sonya and Johnny Cage Mm. like they they followed the trope to the letter when they did that. Like the characters start off hating each other. Midway through, they you know they put their differences aside. End of the movie. Ooh, let's go on a date now that we saved the world. Well, if they were gonna have a romance, they kind of had to. This was back in 1995, so this was still a point in time where the white people get into a romantic relationship with the other white person, and the Asian person gets into a romantic relationship with the other Asian person, and so on and so forth. So yeah, it was pretty much a done deal. (laughs) (laughs) Unless she was gonna bang Raiden. (laughs) Well, I mean... He's what, like three thousand years old? He's probably got some some good good uh, experience under his uh, sash. <laughs> I have never um, like there. I don't think they've ever portrayed Raiden in any way where he cares about anything like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. Lambert. I just the, the laugh sells it. <laughs> Yeah, that scene of him, yeah, and then his eyes glowing with light. Yeah, that was. I don't think so. (laughs) But, you know, Um, I've always loved Christopher Lambert in pretty much anything he's ever been in, and I don't know why. Eh, he's he's a decent enough actor. Well, I enjoyed him in the Tarzan uh, movie, he was good in that. He was great in the original Highlander. I even liked him in the second Ghost Rider. I mean, he he was good in the 
B B movie hell he was in for you know most of the eighties and nineties. Well, for He's unfortunately, just got a most weird, of his iconic career. voice. <laughs> mm. He's got one of those narrator voices. He's I, I've always liked him the best when he was narrating his story, like in Highlander. I, mm-hmm. I feel like th- he always should have been a narrator of a story. He his voice is for that. Well, you want to know something really funny? <laughs> the reason why he doesn't talk in Greystoke, and the reason why his voice sounds all over the map in the original Highlander is he didn't speak hardly a lick of English in either movie fluently when yeah, he took he's, the parts. He's they French. had to have yeah, he had to have English coaches to memorize the lines before <laughs> he before they started filming. And that's one thing that's so great about Greystoke is there's like no it's all body language and physical uh, emoting with his face and posturing in Tarzan. And it's kind of the same way in the uh, first Highlander movie. But that mm-hmm. voice, I can recognize it anywhere. It's a good yeah, voice. He's, he's one of those that, that's got a voice like that, like uh, Morgan Freeman, Steve Blum, uh, Nolan The recently North. departed Connery. Yeah. Um, Crispin Freeman, you know, since, since we like to talk about anime, the guy who voiced Alucard. Yes. You know, you know, you've got those guys that have, you know, those good, good voices. Okay. There, I saw one that came out in 99. Oh yeah. So, um, get back up to it here. Wing commander. Oh God, no! <laughs> mm. I don't think I ever watched the original Wing Commander. I think I ended up watching Hot Shots first, which was a parody of it. And I think no, I saw Hot that. Shots. Hot first. Shots is a is a parody of Top Hot Gun. Of Top, Top Gun. Gun. Okay, okay. Then I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Bye bye. Yeah. Well, like Wing Commander was a series of computer games. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So so they had Freddie Prinz Jr., Matthew Lilliard, and I forget what the chick's name was, but like they now I've never played the Wing Commander games, but like they they have this whole um plot line about how Freddie Prinz's characters like the descendants of the pilgrims. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and like, um, like it's it's a war between humans and uh, I forget what the the beasts are called, the beast aliens, and it's I don't know maybe they were trying to do Star Wars, but they didn't really do all that well. Well, here's what I don't understand: there's been a lot of adaptations of video games. In the movies, and none of them, if we're to be honest, are really worth a shit. Oh, there is. There's one, and I'm going to save that one for last unless uh, Gerald talks about it first. <sighs> uh, mm-hmm. There's one that the, there's one 
good video game movie, at least in my opinion. Like we're talking about all the it shitty wasn't ones Warcraft. right now. No, it absolutely no, you know? wasn't World of Warcraft. <laughs> I don't think yeah, anyone's no. going to dispute that. It absolutely was not World of Warcraft. <laughs> no. So um, after after that, then we got the the fifteen Resident Evil movies that all came out. You know, well, the first I enjoyed Resident the Evil first one. Out. Right, it came out in two thousand one. It was good. It was, and in, in fact, uh, they had Marilyn Manson do the soundtrack. No, well, no, it and, wasn't too. Th- so hold on, let's get the let's get the timings right. So Resident Evil, the first one, came out in two two. Apocalypse came out in 2004. Extinction came out in 2007. Afterlife came out in 2010. Retribution came out in 2012. And then the final chapter dropped in 2017. All starring Mila Hovavich. Yes, the only reason why you watch that movie is to watch her her in leather walk around. And unfortunately, she became... I don't know, for me, she became unappealing when she started starring in the Resident Evil movies because she started getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Dude, she's always yeah, been yeah, a rail. Same. Well, yeah. Well, Gerald also Well, had in Fifth Element, she was really... Well, in Fifth Element, she... Like, she... No, she was thicker the than she is now. The heaviest she's ever really been was probably in The Messenger. Was in Fifth Element. <laughs> oh, she I haven't seen The, the Messenger. Oh, the message is great. It has one of the best uh, interpretations of God I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what we're talking about. Oh, you've got but, to watch uh, it. It's fucking awesome. But I, I agree with Chewy that Jovovich has always been on the slim side. I also agree with Gerald that she was her most attractive, at least in my opinion, playing Lilu in Fifth Element. Well, Lilu Fifth Element came out way before all the other stuff. Um, I'm hoping that the Monster Hunter movie will be any good that she's making or made. Um, <sighs> so far, uh, I was going to bring up Monster Hunter 2020. Uh, and so far that I've heard, because I haven't had a chance to watch it myself, it's actually decent. Which is honestly kind of surprising, but apparently well, from the reviews, it's decent. Well, there's, there's hope. Go ahead, dude. Go <laughs> ahead. I'm just saying there's hope. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. Well, my thing is, is, as the movies have come out, she has gotten older. And just when, as you just by the process of getting older, you lose muscle fat and like your facial structures and whatnot. And she got on like this. Everybody got on this super jack fitness thing, so you have to look like a fucking gymnast or some shit to be in a fucking superhero movie. Now you've got to be like cut up and ripped up and have biceps and all this other shit. So she lost a lot of body. She, I mean, she was bigger, but she looked thinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And Gerald had a, when we were covering Lucifer, he had a, a same uh, opinion about the actress that played Mazakine. That as the seasons progressed, she just 
like lost definition and she just became super thin. But she still had that ass. True. Now, to be fair, <laughs> but to be fair, Mila doesn't look like she's aged today. Well, she's like, still very, you know, but she's lost a, her facial structures are more angular now, basically, is all I'm really saying. I get the, the whole she looks kind of emaciated because she's lost a lot of muscle or fat in her face. Because I think she's just put on a lot of muscle for these movies. In, yeah. in The Messenger is why I'm saying she looks the heaviest because she hasn't really, when the movie starts, she's playing a basically a French country girl. I mean, she's not chunky or anything, but, you know, she's not real Joan fucking thin. Does she play Joan of Arc? Yes, it's the movie of Joan of Arc. Okay. It's actually really fucking good. Well, if it's on Netflix, I'll have to give it a look. I don't know if the messenger is on Netflix, but I'm pretty sure you can find it on a YouTube torrent somewhere. <laughs> it's old. So, uh, Gerald, uh, you you had said you were you had one on your list that Chewie mentioned. Go ahead with that one. Mm, sorry, say again. No, no, I'm still here. Sorry, my attention wandered. <laughs> what was the uh, Chewie had mentioned? Yeah, Chewie had mentioned a movie, and then you said you had it on your list. Uh, go ahead, go ahead with that one. Uh, which unless movie? we forgot what it was. No, the movie <laughs> I had on my list, you it was Mortal Kombat. You mentioned you were talking about, it and I was like, yeah, I had that on my list too. Uh, um, but I do have, uh, I have others. I made a bigger list. Uh, there's pick 2015's Pixels. With Kevin James, Michelle Montague, Peter Dinklage, and Adam Sandler. Remember the, the movie game. where <laughs> it's it Fuck well it that. wasn't based off any one specific game. It was based off like Pac-Man, Space Invaders. Like the whole point okay. of the movie was that like aliens were trying to contact us and they took I, the form uh... of video games and started like a, a small scale invasion in like a yeah. city somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was yeah, dumb. It was a love letter. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't it was, a love was letter. Dumb, that was but... a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I hereby put this out for the world. If you would like to see how much of a dumpster fire of a movie this was, look up Movie Bob backslash Pixels or Pixel in YouTube. It's a review of this movie, and he's he does reviews all the time. But this was the most savage thing I've ever seen him do to a movie, and it actually went viral. It's one of the few things in his history <laughs> of his career where he said and he just lost his fucking shit. It was so bad. It was an Adam Sandler movie. What did you want? <laughs> like, Uncut like Gems is a Sandler movie. <sighs> Punch Drunk Love is a Sandler movie. Okay, punch. First off, Punch Drunk Love is a step into the descent of the Sandler movies that it became. Um, second, <laughs> we have already discussed how Adam Sandler makes these movies simply to employ his friends and go on vacations with them. <laughs> yes, I understand. He is of the Kevin Smith of movie making. I get that, but I would rather 
fucking sit through nine fucking showings of yoga hosers than one thing of pixel. <laughs> and yoga hosers. Well, I'm not saying. Well, I'm not saying Pixel is a good movie. I'm not saying it's a good movie. We're discussing. I actually liked it. I thought it was all right. I thought it was a good, forgettable movie. If you're bored and there's nothing else on, watch. You can watch Pixel (laughs) and have and and be okay. But it's it is net. I I wouldn't pick it over something actually good. Um, but let's your see. your opinion has been duly noted. <laughs> All right, so I'll uh, I'll go ahead with a uh, uh, 2005 a Space Odyssey. We got this lovely no. <laughs> we got this lovely little joint called Doom. It was garbage starring The Rock. Yeah, yeah, it was. But this was also the first time in uh, cinema history that they employed the actual first-person shooting perspective. Still garbage. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. But it did have Rosamund Pike, and uh, she is very a very attractive British woman. Um, let's see. There's another one. Oh, Max Payne. I never played the game, but... Uh, I thought it was an interesting movie. It was an interesting movie. It wasn't hard. I think a lot of the video game adaptations that I absolute hate are pretty much the game, the ones that I played. <laughs> I never played Max Payne, so I really never had an idea of the mechanics or anything Same. else. All I really know is there was bullet time, I think. Yeah, that, that's what they did hmm. in the movie. Yeah, um, 2007. We get the first. We get the first worst of uh, Agent 47. Oh, the Hitman with Timothy Oliphant. I was going yeah, to Timothy put the Hitman movies on my list, but then I was like, "Yeah, but David's absolutely going to put the Hitman movies on his list. I'll just let him do that." Oh, I love. <laughs> I love Agent 47. Uh, Timothy Oliphant did okay. It wasn't the best Hitman movie. Now, the one that was made later that had, uh, oh, what's his face? The guy, yeah, Zachary Quinto, uh, that was a good, in my opinion, that was a better uh, take on the uh, Agent 47 and the company Mythos. Well, say that one more time because you cut out on me, so I didn't hear that uh, first beginning of those sentences. Uh, the the Hitman Agent Forty Seven movie that came out in twenty fifteen, I liked it a hell of a lot better than the first one. Okay, uh, did a, I thought it did a better representation of the of the agency and Forty Seven himself. Well, you're, you're forgetting the piece of cinema that was just say magnifique of the video game genre. The all-important mm-hmm. and all-inspiring Blood Rain. Yep, I was going to bring that one up to 2006. <laughs> Which was basically uh, just softcore porn. No, there was actually a sex scene, and uh, since, you know, back then when I, when I would spend 
days at a time just watching movie, watching it with the commentary on the sex scene. They they wanted to make it natural, not like this long, drawn out, super sensual. No, it was just throw her up against the wall, hump, hump, hump. I'm done. Wait, which movie was this in? Kind of thing, but yeah, Blood Rain. Blood Horrible Rain. film. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the video games were actually quite good. But oh, yeah, those movies! I, I never understood the the vampire oh. weakness to water. Uh, it's, mean, it's an old wives' tale. It's uh, it's because they're cor- it has the same thing to do with why they're weak to garlic because they're impure things, and running water is was like the purest water you could get in that time period. So, yeah. like a running river. So they so being impure things, they couldn't cross running water. Same thing with garlic. Oh. Garlic was supposed to be uh, a weakness of theirs because it purifies things. Or so the wives' tales go. I might be wrong, but there are so many oh. different incarnations <laughs> of the tales. Who fucking knows at this point? Well, that <laughs> explains something from the Castlevania movies. <laughs> or TV show, or cartoons that I didn't understand before. So thanks. Ah, no problem. Mm. Another one that came out in 2006 that I watched and thought it was interesting but hadn't played the game, Silent Hill. That thing sucked. (laughs) It had such a good basis to go from and everything else. Silent Hill has so much psychological issues to it. You could have went so many different directions, and somehow they missed all of them. I feel like instead of them trying to make the slow, suspenseful horror film it should have been, they tried to make another... They they basically just made another Resident Evil. Because it was... I, I, I saw the Silent Hill movie... And I remember thinking it was a lot like the Resident Evil movies. Mm, but we got to see Pyramid Head and the fucking creepy-ass nurse with no face. Man. Well, that's just it. I mean, there was so many things in Silent Hill that were just aesthetically fucked up. Between the nurses, Pyramid Head, <laughs> the way the scenery would change. So many, It was just the, the little bitty creatures that didn't have heads or sewed together backwards. Or that. If it had better, uh, wasn't there? If it had better set design and better art direction, I think it would have been a much better movie. And if the directors, uh, the, I don't want to say the writing was fine because it wasn't, but I feel like if the director <laughs> had been better. Given with what they had, it still could have been a fantastic movie, but it just felt basically they were just trying to create their own version of Resident Evil is what it felt like. And they weren't really no one really delved into uh, Silent Hill and why it was the way it was and why certain things are the way they are like the movie like from what i've seen because i've never played the games but from what i've seen of the games and how people who love those games talk about the games the movie was not made by people who took the time to understand the movie they were making so Mm. yep 
And speaking of uh, people not taking the time to understand the movie they were making, how about that one uh, film that dropped in 2001? Final Fantasy, Spirits Within. Yeah, <sighs> the Final Fantasy movies. Final Fantasy, Spirits Within, Advent Children, and Kingslayer. Hey, I like Advent Children. Well, no, well, I actually like yeah, Advent Children, I, I too. Like Advent- it's a terrible movie, no, okay, objectively, but, but I still like it. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, um, but what I'm saying is, like, they, they took this this concept of, like, the spirit of Earth was taking people's souls, but they wanted to make it a, they wanted to call it Final Fantasy. Eh? I don't remember any, I don't remember any villain in any Final Fantasy game being the spirit of Earth, trying to steal everybody's no, soul. Yeah, so. Basically, play, we're why using play. spirits of Earth to play the game and fight the world. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> I'm confused and lost <laughs> and all, and every tree looks like every other tree. Someone help. <laughs> Okay. But what are you lost on? <laughs> uh, the the concept that you're fighting the world and the world is trying to steal people's souls. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there was entities oh, within that's... spirits within if you came in contact with which would remove your soul from your body. And it was basically saying that these things were from the planet trying to eliminate the human race due to all of the damage the human race had done to the planet. Basically, Earth had become sentient and was fighting you with transcendental meditation. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it was... So, we you don't find out until towards the end of the movie that this... Oh, this, the movie this plot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. We were talking about Final Fantasy, <laughs> and my brain switched from the movie over to the video games, and I'm like, what are these two guys talking about? None of that is in... Oh, you're talking yeah. about the Spirits Within movie. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it did. It was fucking yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that 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 was that was one I wanted to bring up as being a, a really shit movie. Like they they just took Final Fantasy and slapped it had nothing to do with Final Fantasy. Yeah, like it and the notion that a planet would allow itself to get so messed up that it was like oh, like now I need to fight back, but all I have is spirits of dead things to fight back with is so silly. If the Earth, if any planet has the will and then decides, oh, I hate this thing that is on me, there is nothing that thing can do except get wiped out. There's nothing nothing that's going (laughs) to stop that planet from killing that thing. That thing is dead. The moment a planet goes, that thing needs to die, (laughs) that thing is fucking dead. So, so how did how did we beat Eco the planet in, in Gardens of the Galaxy? Hmm. <laughs> I was so making you, you a cut out. To I didn't hear. Writing. Well, right, but you 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 cut out, so I didn't hear. Yeah. 
Well, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 2, how did they beat the eco of the planet? <laughs> oh, because they killed his ego? <laughs> yeah. This goes back to bad writing and taking on things that are impossible. It's a planet. I hereby say all the oxygen on me evaporates into space. They're all dead. <laughs> It's mm. it's them not taking right. in right, things into account. The if you give if you take a concept for a character and you're going to give them abilities, you have to go. Well, is this person proficient in their own abilities? If they are, how proficient? Are they just good at them? Are they a veteran in that, or do they have complete and utter mastery over their abilities? If you go, they have complete and utter mastery over their abilities. Then you have to think. What are all the fucking crazy oddball things you could do with this ability on from the smallest scale to the largest scale? And then you have to go, well, we have characters that have to fight this thing. Can they fight those things without it forgetting that it can do these things, even though it has mastery? Over it, it, it's the Dragon Ball conundrum all the time. I'm going to I'm going to come up with a power that just means I fucking win. How do our heroes beat that? Oh, I forgot I even had that ability. I used it once and completely forgot it existed after that. That's how it works. That's every fucking shown and jump anime ever. Bleach literally had a filler arc where Ichigo just forgot he could use his most powerful transformation until the last couple of episodes of it when he went up against the the, the main villain. And there were times when he there were times when there were weaker enemies who were literally on the verge of killing him and other characters and he just wouldn't use the power. Just forgot he had it apparently. And then as soon as the main villain uh, pops up, he's like, oh yeah, I can do that thing, can't I? <laughs> uh. Alright, go ahead with one of your Gerald, uh, before okay. I bring up this next one, uh, I will do Scott Pilgrim versus the World, 2010, uh, uh, starring Michael Sarah, Allison Pill, Mark Weber, and also Chris Evans. Um, dude, I had forgotten how much of a visual feast this movie was because I rewatched it because I couldn't remember it. And so I sat down and I rewatched it, and I was like, "This is such an over-the-top spectacle! Like, oh my god, my eyes are so happy. My eyes are literally <laughs> freaking out. Like, wow! <laughs> I didn't know my eyes could come right. Out. Like, <laughs> my eyes are so hard right now; they can't get any harder." <laughs> <laughs> See, I was bringing that up, but uh, the movie is actually based on a comic, on a on a manga series, and then they did make a game. Uh, I had it on the 360. They've they've made a remastered version of it that's out for Xbox One, but I don't have the money to to buy it. And oh, uh, like 
that's my bad thing because I always thought the video, it was based off. Uh, I always thought the video game was the first incarnation of Scott Pilgrim. I didn't know it used to be a manga. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but that's fine though. It, it's still it's still a good mention because, like you said, that that was like sex for yeah. my um, But yeah, like I, I was watching it and I was like, oh man, everyone in this movie is pretty terrible. Like Scott is a <laughs> like Scott's a douchebag. Like his friends are pretty much douchebags. Uh, like so it like it like they do the whole Scott's twenty two and he's dating a seventeen year old high schooler, right? And so he gets to the house, he gets to his place, mm-hmm. and he's talking to his friends about it. Um, and the two guys are like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's great. And then, like, his girlfriend, Kim, who is an ex of his, is just the pissiest, orneriest thing in the world. And everyone is like, and everyone is giving him shit about dating this 17-year-old, right? And then he runs into Ramona, who is a girl of his age, and then the moment he sees Ramona and begins to pursue her, everyone does everything they can to fuck it up. Everyone tries to sabotage him. I'm like, guys, you were literally just talking about how you wanted him to stop dating the 17-year-old because as far as you were concerned, it was borderline pedophilia. And... Now he's interested in a girl his age and is actively pursuing her, and you're literally doing everything you can to sabotage that. I'm sitting here like stu- I'm sitting here like Huey from the Boondocks, going, "Don't exonerate it. Introduce the man to some older women, and then he finds an o- he finds an older woman, and they try to sabotage him." And I'm like, "What the well, fuck, guys?" But, but here's the thing: I'm cool with that's not the problem with the movie. The thing that well, should have been the problem shit, with the movie. I'm just shaming him about was the fact that he was still dating the 17 year old while he's trying to well, yeah. the year old. Well, okay. Chewie, I was getting there. <laughs> I was getting there, but I was I was pointing that out. But yeah, as Chewie said, like he never tells Knives, who which is the name of the 17 year old, she's an Asian girl, and they named her Knives. Um, that he started dating Ramona. So he basically was cheating on knives with Ramona. But this is what's the thing, and this is why I say there actually are no good people in this movie, at least at the start, because they go through character growth and they become better people by the end. But knives, I'm not sure is not sociopathic. Like, she might be a serial killer. There is an um, there is an amount of excitable <laughs> exuberance in this girl that cannot be explained by her Asian background, right? Mm. Because they make her the happy, bouncy Asian girl, like very like stereotypical happy, bouncing Asian girl. But there, but then when he starts dating Ramona, she starts being she. She basically just turns into a stalker. She starts dating one of the other members in the band who knew she was dating Scott, and then she and when she found out about Ramona, and so she just started dating that dude so she could keep an eye on him. Then she tried to kill Ramona, and let's 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 just point out the fact that Ramona's seven evil exes are murdering her current boyfriends and or girlfriends. 
Like, they're actively murdering people. <laughs> right, all at the behest of X number one. Yeah, like, I was just sitting, like, so, I, and, and, like, none of them, and, and this is, and I was like, well, wait, are the X's just being all murdered? Or are they... Or has she only ever had seven exes? And I was like, nah, that can't be. Because she implies she has had other relationships outside of these seven. And yes, then these are just the seven evil exes. <laughs> She's not stating that all but... of her exes were evil. These are just the seven, seven evil ones. Yeah, mm. that's right? true. Uh, but she and says since evil all the exes in- are killing her boyfriends, she doesn't have any exes left alive. So then right. they can become evil. <laughs> so you're still stuck in the seven. And, and then she was complete. She knew about the seven X, the whole coalition of the seven X's. She knew that existed. She knew that was going on. And she starts seeing Scott doesn't say shit until he gets attacked by the first one. And I'm like, geez, how many people have you gotten murdered? Or at least <laughs> the shit like Um. <laughs> And I and I also like at the close to the end of the movie when uh, Scott's getting the different swords when he's fighting Gideon, and he he dies, comes back, and he and it, and he gets self respect. Like Scott earned the power of self respect, and I was like, ah, I was like an overrated but very strong power, self respect. <laughs> well, an underrated, sorry, an underrated but very strong power that self respect. <laughs> yeah, but if he if he had actually learned respect for others, he might have even become more powerful. Well, that's what he was. Yeah, <laughs> he earned self respect, but not respect for others around him. Uh, and I. Uh, what another thing about the movie that oh, okay. I loved was at the end when he has to face his own evil doppelganger, and then it shows the girls outside, and then the the uh, the uh, garage door comes up, and the two of them are walking out, just talking like old pals, and they even set a date to get together so they can go do some shit. <laughs> I was like, I love that because even if it's an evil you, it's still you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, that's great. That's great. <laughs> but an, an, another so uh the the person who played the evil ex girlfriend is the voice of Katara from Avatar. Yeah. Oh, okay. And if you didn't know. No, I did not know that. Uh yeah, so Oh, and that, that that part was funny when she shows up and, and Ramona's like, it, it was just a phase. She's like, it was just a phase? And Scott's like, you had a sexy phase? Right. <laughs> and and uh, the time is like, it, it, she's like, Ramona's like, if we're going to continue dating, you'll have to defeat my seven evil exes. And he's just like, so that means we're dating? And I'm just like, if that's the most important thing you picked out of that sentence... <laughs> What flashed through his mind was Oh good, good. This goes back to you know oh that means we're dating? No, 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 no. It means you're getting head. (laughs) 
I will fight several evil exes for sexual exploitation of this woman. Yes, bring it up because I have no respect for anyone. That honestly, that was another thing that the movie does touch on because it it absolutely touches on the fact that dudes will. There's a actually it's with it's with Chris Evans. It, it does it with Chris Evans, who's really good in this movie. Like it, I I was watching this and I was like, oh, that's Chris Evans, and I'm watching him act in this movie, and I'm like, fuck, he's a good actor. Like, I never thought he was a good actor before. Like, not that I thought he was a bad actor. I just never thought about it. But it wasn't until after seeing him in the Captain America role and then watching him do this that I was like, geez, Chris Evans is a really good actor. But he's one of the evil exes. He's the stunt guy. And Scott... Yeah, yeah and Scott again. tricks him into doing the grind on the rail all the way down. And he's like, do you really think you're going to be able to trick me into doing this stunt? And Scott's just like, girls are watching. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, oh, man, that's, ooh, that's, ooh. That's, that, that hits you right in life. <laughs> that hits you right in life. <laughs> That pumps the testicles and goes, do you have any? Prove it! (laughs) (laughs) I still think my favorite character out of that whole fucking movie is uh, I I forget the actor's first name, but he's like Macaulay Culkin's brother or some shit. Karen Karen Culkin, he was uh, his name was Wallace Wells. The the gay mate who turned every dude around him. Yeah, gay yeah that was. <laughs> I love that dude. Yeah, you just wake up in bed to be dude next to him. They wake in bed, dude next to him, dude next to that dude. <laughs> that was good. And then Scott's, I think it was Scott's sister, and he's just like actively hitting yeah, on her the... boyfriend. <laughs> and then she turns around and he's just kissing, they're just making out. And she's like, God damn it, Will, not again. And I'm like, What do you mean, not again? <laughs> How many boyfriends have you lost to your gay friend? Well, look, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, but uh, you did. And yeah, that that shit was Anna, hilarious. Like, and and the and like the whole not again. Yeah. Like, what? and Anna Kendrick being as hot as uh, Anna Kendrick right, can so be. On my list, I'm sure y'all are also going to shit on. But uh, I thought it was a decent movie. I've only ever played the first game, which is hard as fuck, especially since it's a computer game made by Broderbund back in the early, early 90s. Prince of Persia, Hands of Time. Was there a movie that made was for a, that? Yes, Came God. out in 2010, starring Jake yes. Gyllenhaal, uh, Gemma Arterton. I think she was also in Clash Titan. Basically, this was uh, one of the first the, uh, movies. The love interest opposite Perseus. That fell to the white. I thought, that was, I thought it was an interesting adaption of. Uh, now, like I said, I never played the Sands of Time game. Well, but I, I could, have played the original, which is a fucking hardest shit game to play. I completely miss this. Like it, it'll punish you for not jumping at just the right moment. <sighs> but, yeah. Oh, we can't talk about video game adaption without discussing. Without what? 
Did I lose everybody? No, no I'm still here. There's a, a lot of in and out. Yeah. There's a there, there's a lot of like the line drop the uh the volume uh, just went out. Hello? Testing, testing. Yeah, we can hear you, dog. Yeah, we can hear you. Anchor is just dropping in and out for some reason. Well, because it's bear anchor, I say for some bear reason. Bear with us but... for a moment, there, listeners. Uh, trying to see what what's going to happen here. He can't hear us, Gerald. Oh, can he? Ah, uh, of course not. David, David. All right, we'll be back. Sound in a once yeah. if you can hear me. <laughs> He's gonna. Yeah, it's too late. He's gonna cut yeah. it. And... He's going to cut it, Rick and I. Well, hey, we can talk about him now while he can't hear us. It's going to be great. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, David, always cutting out. <laughs> this is why I know. All right. Sorry about that, listeners. Uh, I think Anchor tried to take a shit on me, but it looks like we did. The audio did get saved, and it's processing. So uh, where did what did you hear from me last? before it, it crapped out on us. You were trying to bring up another video game movie after Scott Pilgrim. Okay, yeah. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Yeah, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time was a shit movie. <laughs> Every movie's a shit movie to you, Chewie. What the fuck? <laughs> no. Well, the reason why I say it's a shit movie is because it it's... It's one of the few movies I remember back in this time frame that kind of got the, the fucking bullshit whitewash treatment everybody bitches about because it's Prince of Persia, but it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and Gemma the closest per- Yeah, the closest per- Persian in that movie is like Sir Bean Kingsley, and he's British as fuck. <laughs> hmm. Is yeah. this like the whole uh, Scorpion King Two, I think it was, where they replaced him with just a young white dude. No, different, totally different uh, thing. But yeah, I I only ever played the first Prince of Persia because it's a it's an old computer game, and it punishes you severely. <clears throat> well, it was well, it's an old also. <laughs> Well, it was also the the one that it, the get the movies based off of is it was Sands a PlayStation. Yeah, the Sands of Time, which was out on either PlayStation or Xbox or one of the fucking other back in the day. Yeah, but you know, I I thought it was interesting in how in you know stepping into into that universe, and I, I get the I get the whitewashing thing, but you know that's. I guess that's a matter of personal opinion to, you know, the watchers or whatever. I thought it was an okay movie. And of course we can't talk about video game adaptions and not bring up Tomb Raider. Did I lose you guys again? Nope. Still here. Okay. Yeah. So Tomb Raider with, you know, Angelina Jolie back when she was still hot. Yeah, uh, the Tomb Raider movies are so bad, though. <laughs> the Tomb Raider video games weren't all, but weren't much better. The, the only good well, thing about the Tomb Raider movie is Angelina's tits. Yeah, essentially. All right. Uh, so, 
let's go let's go to the one that I think is the best movie based off a video game. Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu. Um, I wanted to watch it, but I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. Oh, it's so good. It was good. Yeah. And, of course, Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu just adds to <clears throat> how how good it was. And <clears throat> there was also a twist. I don't know. Maybe you saw it coming. Maybe it didn't. But there was a reason Pikachu was able to talk to the to the main character. And you find out at the end why. And a Mewtwo, of course, is involved. Because, of course, why not? Uh, <clears throat> any other mentions for uh, from you, Gerald, before we talk about uh, reverse? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> well, I do have a couple of more, but we'll do some honorable mentions. Uh, Doom 2005. Also, Doom Annihilation 2019. <sighs> we have Tekken 2011. Uh. Uh, yeah. freaking uh, the actor who hey, the actor who got dressed up as Heihachi in Tekken. I saw him and I was like, he looks like a goddamn yokai. What the hell? <laughs> 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 um, and we already said Street Fighter. Uh, there's also Rampage. That was okay. All the Pokemon movies. Uh, we talked about Final Fantasy, uh, the Dragon's Dogma animated movie that came out based off the video game Dragon's Dogma, Fatal Fury, also, not just Double Dragon, and Dead or Alive also had a movie. Because mm, sexy women fighting each other, why not? I mean, honestly, why not? <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for the, the true adaptation of, uh, what was it, Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, the porn? That's what I want. <laughs> I'm sure it's on Pornhub. Rule 34. <laughs> all right, so honorable mentions, is that is that all we have for... Movie adaptions? Yep. All right. So, movies turned into video games, the reverse. I'm going to start off with the one that's touted as the worst of all time. So bad that all, yep. So bad that all the cartridges were buried in a landfill, except for the one that we had, and I actually beat the game. There was a game? No, no, An Atari I, game. I, no, I understand they made a game, but there was a game on the cartridge. All I remember is walking across the same pixelated screen. <laughs> yeah, the the point, the point, and of course you have to remember this is not even eight bit graphics. So, dude, I played Atari. <clears throat> the, I, I loved Atari. Well, so did I. Atari was my first game system, but the so the point of the game is you play ET. You're trying to assemble a phone so you can call home and get, you know, taken back up in the spaceship. Now you have a, a life counter, which of course is uh, you have to eat Reese's pieces, you know, the Reese's pieces when you find them. There are federal agents that if they touch you, you lose. 
and or no, it's an energy bar that gets refilled by eating Reese's. Now you can, uh, some of the places where you had to find the phone parts were down in a hole and then you would have to use your special ET ability to levitate yourself back up, which of course used energy, which you had to then eat more Reese's pieces to get your energy back. <clears throat> yeah. Touted as the worst video game ever made. <sighs> and of course, you know, we can't uh, talk about uh, video games made based off of movies if we don't talk about the Lego franchise. Mm. Which I own several of them. Uh, so we're talking about the Lego with... movies that were made? The Lego movies well, no, are all like, good. Uh, no, 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 no. The reverse. Games based off of movies, but they were Lego games. So like Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Star Wars, and of course my wife's favorite, mm. Lego Harry Potter. Mm. I thought Lego Batman got adapted into a game already. Lego, yeah, Lego Batman everything. did. Yeah, Lego. They had Lego Batman, Lego DC Billions or Villains, and uh, another good one that uh, we played was uh, Lego Avengers. And Christy was so very excited when she found out she could play as Rocket. <laughs> so that's that's my uh, second mention. What what do y'all have? I don't have anything for this part of the category. Everything I thought we were Wars. doing. Yeah, I thought we were doing movies from games. I literally did not see the second part of the conversation where we were doing games from movies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they pretty much made a game out of every movie you can think of. I mean, every there's been five hundred and eighty-five million two hundred and sixty-two thousand Star Wars games made mm-hmm. on every mm-hmm. platform uh, known to man. They actually made and a last on, Starfighter on, video game off of the last Starfighter video yeah. game that was in the movie. Uh, yeah, and and on my on my list for the for the reverse, uh, they tout Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic as probably the best uh, movie to video game adaption. Which of course it was made by Bioware, so of course why wouldn't it be good? Well, it was made by <clears throat> Bioware. Over graphics. Yeah. True. Uh, they made a Blair Witch video game. Ugh. Get out of here. <laughs> mm. Friday the 13th looks like it has a, a PlayStation 4 version. Uh, might have to have you try that out, Gerald. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Hmm. So there's evidently a John Wick. Oh, God. I guess how many heads can you explode in 10 minutes? To be, wait, to be announced or out now? Uh, Let's see. Oh. It's called John Wick X. Hmm. Oh, uh, don't forget all the Matrix games. Oh, God, that was a horrible mm. fucking experience. <laughs> oh, and, and we can't talk about, we can't talk about uh, 
movies made into video games without bringing up Poland. I don't know was good. Probably mm. the only yeah, probably the only reason anyone ever bought a, a Nintendo 64, and that was one Nintendo 64 game I never got. Uh, best gun in the game. I played the it. It was fun. Game. The laptop gun. I loved it. Mm. And I'm pretty sure whoever got the golden gun was immediately hated by everyone else in the arena. Because, yeah. Well, Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hmm. Well, trying to think. Well, you have the Transformers uh, video games. They were adapted from the Mike, the new Michael Bay Transformer movies. And here's one I I didn't even think of: Um, Mordor or Middle Earth, uh, Shadow of Mordor, and of course it's, uh, of course it's follow-up Shadow of Mordor. And Game of Thrones. For, They've made video games for Game of Thrones now, too. Yeah. Yeah, Telltale uh, has one, and it, it's the it's the every decision you make changes the, the, uh, the way the game is played. The, they're not video games. Mm-hmm. Interactive novels. I don't call them interactive novels. I don't even call them that. I, that. What I wish Telltale would do would, is just make a fucking movie out of their animations because you have to find this fucking stupid ass thing and then click here and then it moves for four minutes and then click just get the game part stupid out of your eye out of your idea or your ip and just make a motion comic because that's all it is Mm. Uh, yeah they um the walking dead xbox games with gold had that one for free and Christy wanted to play it, but like every every three minutes, it was I need help with this. I need help with this, and I'm, and I'm just like, play it, do do the thing, look around. And yeah, that was especially with Walking Dead. That was an annoying thing. Spending fucking half an hour trying to find flashlight batteries, and you ended up, <clears throat> when you did find them, you found you ended up finding out you walked past them fifteen times. You just weren't looking at them right the right way to get it to trigger the oh there they are. <sighs> Interesting concept, but not as great in execution, I would say. Hmm. Uh, Other than that, I don't have oh, much else I can think of. Oh, oh wait, another horrible adaption from the Nintendo, the NES era. Another game I could never beat, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it, Back to the Future. Never played mm, it. Yeah. I stayed away from be glad the video game movie, or the video games for movies thing. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's some deep, like Shadow of Mordor. Uh, you know... You know what we're we're uh, you know what we're forgetting when it comes to movie and video game adaptations, all of the Disney movies, <sighs> every like single Aladdin. fucking one. Yeah, they all have video games. Yep. Mulan had a video game. Beauty and the Beast had a video game. Aladdin, uh, fucking uh, Lion King. I remember playing uh, Lion King. They one. all. All of them. 
Mm. Ooh, and, and thinking about that, and of course, Chewie mentioning Star Wars, <laughs> I remember trying to play, it was either Nintendo or Super Nintendo. They had like Super Star Wars episodes four, five, and six. Or, yeah, four, five, and six. Ugh, catch grabs, I guess. Mm. Shit, fucking games. Ugh. Yeah, most of the most of the video games made from movies were just as bad as the video game. Uh, most of the video games. games that were made off of movies were just as bad as the movies from games. Yeah, they just Hollywood just can't get it right, or they don't care enough to try to get it right. I'm not sure which. They're they're riding off the name of the franchises so hard they just they're just like it's gonna make money. Just do whatever. Well, my thing is, is they seem to forget the important part of the game and they lock on this very inconsequential idea that's involved in the game and then they make it a complete and total focus. It's kind of like the new Tomb Raider video game that came out a couple years ago. When they made the new Tomb Raider movies, they basically just doubled down on the torture porn that came out of the video game. Hmm. Uh, I have one of them, and I like that they had the... Uh, oh, what's that? What's that? Um, Gerald, help me with this. Remember, it was, in the, it was in that Naruto game that we played, and you'd have to, like, hit buttons or, you know, hit you know, XY, circle, triangle, whatever. Yeah, yeah, quick. Yeah, I hate fucking quick time events. They are just annoying. <laughs> they they break you right out of the immersion of the game. That's the problem. Because the moment you see a button that comes up, you have to press. You you're back to it being a video game. They just tear you out of the immersion. Like, well, I agree, <laughs> but I understand why they do it for thematical reasons. Like, uh, well, then just the have God a cinematic. Well, the God of War series where you like climb up the side of a Titan and you use the quick time events to make your way up the Titan. You could do that without this huge yeah. fucking button that pops up on your screen. You could just have like X, just make- Y, green, blue, whatever. Just color the nodules on his body. So if your next movement, you have to click a button to move to that nodule. No, it's even simpler than that. Just make it a part of the character's move set. Just make it, hey, execution move that gives you X bonus of something can be performed when the enemy is at 25% health. Yeah. There you go. Then you don't have a button to press. It, and it's once you input your command, it's completely cinematic. There you go. Done. <laughs> But 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 Gerald, what's the fun in that? I don't know. There's not much fun in quick time. We want, so. the, we want the buttons. Like, I'm assuming there'll be a, as much fun or more in that as there is in quick time. <laughs> I don't know. I just know I would prefer it. Right. Yeah. All right. So anybody, uh, any anything else before we move into final thoughts? Ow. Mm, not nothing I can think of. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? No? All right. Final thoughts then. 
final thoughts for Blood of Zeus. I am glad it is over. Only watch if you're bored and have <laughs> nothing else to watch. Um, if you want to see a spectacle, it's actually pretty good for that. It, it made me laugh a lot at just the sheer ridiculousness of it. But I am firmly glad that it is over. I hope it doesn't get a second season. It does not deserve a second season. The money that Netflix gives to that as a second season would be better spent giving it to another better show for more of that show. Um, yes, Hannibal is still good. Castlevania. Actually, yeah, like take that budget from that, yes. and give it to Castlevania. Don't don't take the budget from Blood of Zeus and give it to Castlevania. Take the budget from Blood of Zeus and add it to Castlevania's budget. <laughs> Good Just point. Good point. Add it to there. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as Hannibal, I'm still enjoying the show, but I think it has gotten to a point, unfortunately, because there's 13 episodes. So unfortunately, it looks like we've gotten to a point where we're starting to see the cracks. Not that it's not still good, but starting to see the cracks. Hopefully they don't get out of hand like in lock and key and stuff like that. But I'm still enjoying it and I'm still looking forward to the next episode. So indeed. Uh, yeah. Um for I guess for what it's worth, Blood of Zeus was okay. I mean, like like Chewie like Chewie had said before, the the art style is good. Voice acting, eh, so-so. Uh, music, good. Overall, not something to really, like Gerald said, not something to really spend too much time trying to watch. Uh, like And like Gerald said, I'm still liking Hannibal. I like how, as I've said, I like how they tie, like everything's got a string connected to something else. I like that about about the show. It's uh, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen of procedural like dramas like that, it, it's a de- it's a departure from the norm, and I like that. Um, yeah, those are my final thoughts. Mm. What about you, Chewie? But final thoughts. Um. Tomorrow's going to suck, but it's been fun talking to y'all. Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully tomorrow doesn't suck. And if it does, not as much as you think it's going to. Yeah, it'll be a 16-hour work day tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to suck. Oh, fuck. That's going to suck. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks. Thanks. I stand corrected. <laughs> Thanks. Tomorrow's gonna be fine. Sixteen hours. Fuck you. Yeah. Tomorrow's a sixteen-hour day. Monday will be a twelve, and Tuesday will be another sixteen. It's gonna be great. Life is lovely. Mm. Mm. Well, hopefully it doesn't drag. I'll put it that way. As long as nobody dies, I'll be happy. And let's hope it's not exciting. Nah. Hopefully it is an expedient, efficient day. <laughs> in and yeah. out. In and out. Yeah. 
Uh, Indeed, that's what. Except for the expedient part. Uh, All right. (laughs) Well, well, uh, so I went ahead and wrote down all our contact stuff and have it taped to the TV so I can tell you all the right stuff. So give us, you know, uh, give us ratings, you know, wherever you're listening to it, give us, you know, three, four, five star reviews, you know, help, help get us out there some more. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at GSP cast. You can follow us on locals, which is gspodcast.locals.com. You can also send us an email if anybody still does that anymore at it's a gaming sessions dot podcast at gmail.com. You know, as I always say, tell us what you like, what you don't like. If there's an, if there's a topic you would like us to cover, let us know. Uh, We always appreciate feedback. So on that note, Go ahead and send us out. No, I'm good. Everybody, continue enjoying your day, your week, and be safe out there. And hopefully we will be talking to you again next time. Later, everybody.